We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. All right, welcome inside the freshest edition of the Permission Granted Podcast, everybody. The PGP, which is available on iTunes. It's the show within the show, the show about the show. It's not the actual show itself. So it has its own iTunes feed, the PGP Permission Granted Podcast on iTunes. Also available if you subscribe to the normal DA show iTunes feed for all the regular episodes of the DA. You'll get it in the middle of that mix. It's also always available on our website, daoncbs.com. Well, we now sit at 13 days, 12 days. 12 days until we move into the new time slot, and we are back from Phoenix. And I think Mraz is finally okay. Are you finally decently healthy? I think I've turned the corner. I no longer feel like I'm swallowing knives. Uh, uh, I just have, like, I'm down to just a little tickle in the throat, but my energy and my compete level, if you will, yeah. is high. So I'm good. So it was so weird because we were out in Phoenix and you were swimming around the pool and you were doing belly flops and you were crushing in an out burger and you were destroying Jack in the Box at 2 a.m. and you just. You seemed like everything was good, and then suddenly you just took such a turn for the worse. I mean, you slammed an entire rack of ribs and mashed potatoes and wings, and then snap of the fingers, one day later, you you couldn't eat anything. It was unbelievable. It was as if the moment the Aaron Rodgers thing happened on the trip, uh, my psyche went down, and then I woke up the next morning thinking, okay, I didn't sleep well. Maybe I'm a little hungover kind of deal because we had quite a few pops. But I guess it just parlayed into legitimately being sick, and I must have been legitimately sick at the Final Four itself. By the time that night had ended, after the games, we had gone out to dinner. You saw me. My teeth started chattering at a table. I started to get the chills, and I said, I got to get the heck out of here and get to sleep. Never saw anything like it. My my guess is that you have, we talked about this last week, you had been under some stress. Some of that was job-related. Others, uh, Other part of that was just your normal anxiety, making right. things worse. And my guess is, is you came home to find both your mom and your sister sick. Yes. My guess is during that time leading into the Final Four, you were stressed out. You had acquired something, some type of virus or flu bug. You knew Your body knew it had to push through on the adrenaline to the Final Four. You couldn't be sick going there. Right. Couldn't not go. My mindset would have blocked out any quote-unquote sickness leading in. And so your body knew it had to push through, run on adrenaline, went through. Now, it didn't help that you were worn down by barely sleeping because of the time change, the travel. Um, and then also, uh, you didn't eat great and you drank a lot. Yeah. 
So, Usually a recipe for disaster. So your body then was about to give way, but knew it had to push through to the games, got through the games, and then I think you exhaled, and it. I think your body was like, I can't fight this anymore, and then it just – you. By the, the moment that we left the stadium, that you were actually okay at the stadium. The moment we get into the car and then we're driving to dinner, you could just see everything was turning for the worse. Yeah, well, all day I kind of had this feeling like I really didn't want to go out of the game because I kind of just thought I was tired. But I guess that was you a precursor. You were hungover or tired. Right. I guess that was just a precursor where I really had some sickness in me because, yeah, the moment that game ended and I was in the car, just I, it was like a, a, a total you know zip line. It was just going downhill. It couldn't, it couldn't be stopped. To the point where I boarded the plane, and I'm sure the people sitting next to me are now sick because I just, I was shaking, I was trying to sleep, I just couldn't do it. And I essentially slept for about 20 hours from the time I landed to the time I had to come to work yesterday. But you turned the corner. I feel okay, yeah. Not 100%, but I'm good. Okay. Um, Final Four was good, Trip was good. Excellent. I would say it's more than good. Yeah, it was. It was excellent. I couldn't have really scripted it any better. I would say... The best parts about the trip, the games itself, they were two very good games. Which, ironically, we were in the media bus over, and we were even saying to ourselves, is this going to end up being two duds of games? And we were totally surprised. Yeah, so two really good games. That was a lot of fun. Going to two games at the Final Four is a little time-consuming. As anybody knows, if you've gone to a tournament um, and there's multiple pods, it's just a long day, but it was specifically long for us because we took the media shuttle over and the media shuttle took forever. Then we fought traffic getting out of there. Um, it just ended up being a really, really long day. But um, games were good for the most part. Weather was good. Food was very good. Uh, shows were very good. There wasn't a lot of negatives to the entire, um, the entire weekend. I, I would say that if I was going to pick apart the negatives. I got one. I'll see if you got one. I would say we thought we were going to have more college coaches than we did. Okay. Because the Westwood One organizers and the Radio Row people had scheduled way more college coaches. So there probably should have been two to three more per show. Uh, Yes, but I'm not going to – listen, I know with booking guests myself, cancellations happen all the time. So if that's what happened on Westwood One's end, then I – you know, it's hard to be critical of that. Yeah, um, and like – is getting Lon Kruger on Thursday going to make the show much better? I mean, people hadn't, I don't think it affected the quality of the show. No, and if you're giving me Bill Walton in exchange for four of random other coaches, yes. I take that trade. Yeah. Uh, and then I would just say the only thing, the only other thing was that it was relatively cold one day. That was Friday. Yeah. Um, I still went in the pool. Who knows if that didn't help me with the sickness? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, and, you know, this week it's going to be 92 in Phoenix, and last week we were there, and it was 69. like 71, 69, then it was like 64 on Friday, uh, and then on Sunday when I was there, it was like 81, so that was awesome. But uh, you you caught a couple bad days. I, I, de- I guess I did catch a couple bad days. For me, if I'm looking at one negative, as a stadium connoisseur, not impressed with University of Phoenix Stadium. For a newer stadium, I thought it was kind of a dud. So when we're when we're in the stands looking at the, at the, uh, the floor... Right, um, and then looking up, it felt cool. Yeah, it looked like that part of it looks nice. And I guess if that's what you're looking for, the whole point is to watch a game. Then fine. In the stadium, at your seat, let's take the visibility out of it. At the stadium, in your seat, looking around at eighty thousand people was cool, and driving into the ballpark was cool because the stadium itself looks like a giant spaceship in the middle of the desert. Yes, 
all of that's cool. But walking around uh, the concourses, I mean, the, the most plain, uh, nondescriptive, um, no personality yes. um, concourse you could ever find. As cookie cutter a concourse as ever. Like, it looked like a, a concourse in 1970, but the stadium's only 10 years old or so. And not super wide either for a new stadium. No, it was very compact, very crowded. And I granted, there are more people in there because it's a basketball court, not a football stadium. But yeah, and even like if I'm going for like crazy food, like, yeah, there was nothing that stood out. Like, embrace your heritage. Like, you're in Arizona. Like, I didn't see anything crazy good, like no. Tex Mex, stuff like nope. that. No. Nope. Uh, there it, wasn't a taco on the menu. No, no, and I'm sure there probably was somewhere along that, but overall, then, there's not enough of it, if you will. There there wasn't. I, I scoped everything. Um, and I've been to Chase Field where the Diamondbacks play, and it might be the best food in all of MLB. It's everything you could possibly want in their concourse. you got burgers, you got uh, fries, jumbo pretzel. I mean, it is so basic at University of Phoenix Stadium yeah, food. And so much that so Adam Klug from the Doug Gottlieb show and myself were walking around, I guess during the first half of the South Carolina Gonzaga game, and we'd asked a security guard, you know, we're just we're seeing all the concessions here. You know, if we go up a level or two, is there some kind of like club or restaurant deal? And I hate to judge a stadium on this because I'm a big believer in if you're going to a game, watch the game. Don't but for this purpose it felt like we could sit down and have something to eat like that. Well, there was a forty five minute break in between games. Right. So. And and the security guard said, Oh no, no, we don't have anything like that here. I think of myself like all right, like on one hand, I want to applaud you because you're you're having less people sit down and eat around and, and all this, but it still could be good for a pregame meal. Second of all, all these new stadiums have it. What are you doing? Yeah, um, it was very Bidwell esque. It was like the Bidwells don't often exp- they don't splurge. They're not exorbitant. Um, it you, was. You know what it was like. It didn't really even feel like it was very Cardinals esque. You know what it was like. It was like your mother pouring you a. Uh, like a, a bowl of store brand Cheerios. Mm. Like they look like Cheerios. Like you're looking at the stadium, like the stadium looks awesome. Mm. Looks like a giant, you know, spaceship. It has the feel when you walk in there. Then you bite them and you go, hmm, these ain't Cheerios. There's just something off about it. And that's what it felt like. It almost felt like store brand Jerry World. No bells and whistles. There wasn't any fan stores. There weren't yeah. any um, great concessions. But I will say, I even went up uh, to the upper deck and uh, all the seats were good. Even the farthest seat away. For a football game, it's, it's a. Every play, there's pretty much a good seat everywhere for a football game. For a basketball game, it's kind of a nightmare, but that's every football stadium with a basketball game played in it. All these Final Fours, I would say maybe 20% of all seats are good seats to watch basketball. The other 80%, you're just straining to kind of try to see a basketball game. And you end up inevitably watching on the screen. Yeah, right. So, um, so yeah, that's that. Coming back from uh, from Phoenix, uh, we told the story about uh, Aaron Rodgers, and now the hex is on because Rodgers uh, told you get away from me, buddy. So, you know, now he's never going to win another playoff game. That, I mean, that's locked that up. It's locked up. Totally has to be locked up. Ironically, you know, as he enters the building where he threw a Hail Mary only to lose, I think that only adds to the, you know, hex, if you will. Oh, in Phoenix? In Phoenix, yeah. Yeah, true. Think about that would happen a year earlier. You know? That's true. He's just sucking in all those bad enzymes. He, he, enzymes. Enzymes. I'm learning a lot of words now that I was sick for a couple days mm. here. Not used properly, but I'm going to give you credit because you probably never used enzymes before. <laughs> you got to make me cough, but okay. Uh, yeah, I don't think I have. So, number two, we finally have the announcement of our replacement on the Knights. Bill Ryder than you. The Bill, the writer, Bill Ryder from CBS Sports Digital and CBSSports.com, 
who's been a guest to the show and actually um, guest hosted the show once when I was out, right? Uh, yes, he did. And I thought he did an excellent job guest hosting. Um, I love Bill Ryder. I think he's got a great attitude. I think he has a great way of doing things. I think he's great with callers. I think he's great with content. He's one of the guys in this business that I've gotten to know over the last year that I really uh, I really have respect for. A lot of people I don't respect yeah. behind their back. Yeah. Bill Ryder's a guy I respect behind his back. Now, you will never tell anybody to their face that you don't like them. No, but I will tell everybody else behind their back I don't like yeah, them for sure. Yeah, you're pretty spineless when it comes to, to their face. Right. But um, I can vouch that Bill Ryder you actually really like. I do really like him. Because I'm the first one to tell anybody, you know, give me a Bill Ryder any day of the week. Yeah, and I like him too. I think he's going to do a really good job. I, I actually think it's the perfect replacement for us. Okay, explain. The show had a personality that didn't take itself too seriously. The show had an ability to be not just sports. The show has a lighter sensibility at times, but can also be very opinionated and uh, and get into the, the nuts and bolts. Ryder does all those things. He does. Ryder, when we had him in studio and we did 10 questions with him and we were just like BSing about him growing up in Iowa and drinking too much scotch. And um, who was the coach that he hated that he got in the fight with? Oh, um, good point. It didn't. It didn't relate to his Cubs fandom, right? It wasn't a baseball situation. No, no. He saw him at a restaurant once, and, and the guy tried to get him fired a couple of times. Oh, wow, I'm forgetting now, but I, now I understand the story. I, yeah, I remember. Well, was it Carl Peterson? When Why he, does that sound right? Because it was the Kansas City connection with you working in Kansas City, I believe. It actually. Because I believe that led into your Herm Edwards story, if I remember correctly. But yeah, I was talking about how Carl Peterson I have no respect for. And and I, it might have been Carl. No, no, he was saying that Carl's a phony. Because mm. Carl, when he saw him in person, either cussed him out or was nice. And this is live versa. podcasting, by the way. Podcasts are not live. Well, you know what I mean. By definition, they're taped. Oh, <laughs> oxymoron. You get my drift. Um. So anyway, whoever it was... So anyway, Ryder has the same exact sensibilities, which is why he and I uh, get along so well. Yeah, so the drop-off, like for listeners, they should feel connected to this. Like it's going to sound similar in many ways while having its own twist to it. He's a, he's just, he's a good host. He's yes. a good sports media guy. He's a good host. He's funny. He's informative. Um, he doesn't take himself too seriously. And he's a good guy. So I think all of those things, our listeners have the best replacement possible for our show. Yes, I totally agree. I am on board. I sign off on the Bill Ryder 130%. So Monday, April 17th is coming around the corner, chugging around the corner when we debut. Single digits in shows left, by the way. Nine shows left. Mm-hmm. And um, I would say now it's starting to get real, real. Now yes. we have to work on imaging. Now we have to game plan the show. Now we're back for the final four. Um, and I would encourage our listeners to give us feedback on what to carry over or what they could do without. Because I'm always tinkering with the show. I'm always, um, you know, I'm like somebody, I'm like a, a car wonk in a, uh, in a in a garage. I like tweaking things and adding things. Throw a spoiler on the back end here. I like souping things up or Tint taking the windows. stuff off. Yeah. So I really like doing that. So I'm, I'm, in, I'm encouraging feedback on that. Um, you know, I, I think 
on first blanche, everything comes with. I mean, I would say everything was going to come with anyway, that it was going to be 85 to 90% automatically, but maybe 100% comes with, I don't know, is there anything that just doesn't work because we're at least mornings and three hours versus nights and four hours? Yeah, I think sound check works, absolutely, because you're still going to be playing back. If anything, we could be reacting even fresher to sound from the night before, whether it's three post-game clips that you know somebody popped off at. I think sound check is an automatic. Uh, Trash Tuesday, I think, has become an absolute staple that our listeners can Has identify to. with. Have to continue. Uh, if I say, if I had to say anything, is just thinking out loud, and maybe the listeners feel different. Five minute mothership, only because we're cutting down to three hours, mm-hmm. where we're only going to now be recapping two hours into the show that you might have already been in the car for, as opposed to having that in a fourth hour or recapping three hours of a show. Yeah, those segments are now going to become very valuable because we're down to three hours, and there's only nine segments then total. Right. So, yeah, five-minute might get the zig, but the other – maybe there's a different way to do five-minute because I do think recapping the big stories is important um, and recapping maybe not necessarily what we did in the show by – you know, interview by interview, but 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 the main re- stories of the day. Resetting the stories of the day is going to be important because also, you know, being in the mornings now, people are just getting into their car. They're just learning what happened the night before. They're just kind of getting up to date on their stuff. So you kind of do want to keep resetting. So maybe there's a way to tweak it. May we just quote, press the reset button. <laughs> and what what does that mean? I could just I'm picturing voice guys say the reset button. Oh, okay. Every every top of the hour and it's just two minutes on what we've discussed so far, and then we just go right into what we're talking about okay. next. Okay. That's a possibility. How about that? Yeah, that's not you bad. laughed at first and then you liked it after you heard voice guy. Well, you had no meat on the bone. I had no idea what you were, I think you because meant. I was thinking of it in my head and I just assumed that you were gonna know what I was thinking. Yeah, you kinda have to describe what you're thinking about in your head. Valid point. I went on to describe yeah, though moments later and I think yeah. we could have something here. Yeah, it could be. Um I think the cold open has to stay. Ooh, with a reset button, you could even play a little video game sound effect, kind of play off that. Here you go. You're yeah. Almost like it's a game console. Uh-huh. How about that? Very good. Yes. You know, spin off the video game kind of yes. mothershipy stuff we have. Yep, I like I like that, Mariz. I think you're onto something here. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. At least so, we have that on record if we use that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, first, uh, the first creative idea that you brought to the table, but hey... It's a creative idea, nonetheless. If this is the start of some of a new Mirage, this is good. Don't bank on it, but we'll see. Cold open has to stay. Yes, of course. That's the monologue. That's the, the epic big, fail stays. The story. Epic fail is a mandatory stay. There'll always be something stupid done on the show. The dumber ship has to stay for sure. Um, the, Market watch. I guess we want to keep because we're gonna have a whole different kinds of markets involved. Some yep. of the same markets involved could create some rivalries. Yep, I think we need to keep that. Uh, the cut line, I think we might need even more because we have less time to get to stuff. Yeah, I think the cut line, that last segment may go from five minutes of the cut line to ten. Yeah. You right. know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, and then there's all little little other things that we do during the show, but... Um, it's potential. It's a lot of potential, if you will. We could have some fun with the whole breakfast theme, too. You know what I mean? There could be something else that could arise. Mm-hmm. You know? We're really more of a brunch show, though. Are we? I mean, not if you're listening on 1090 The Fan in Seattle, we're not. No, that's true. Um, but I kind of feel like Geo and Jones being, quote-unquote, morning drive is the breakfast show. Hmm. And then we're kind of the brunch. 
We're kind we are before lunch. We're kind of like the unemployed guy in his pajamas that goes to McDonald's at 10.30 in the morning for the McMuffin as they're about to you know, close up shop, but yeah. now they don't have to because of all-day breakfast. Like Adam Sandler and Big Daddy. Right. That's our audience right there. Yeah. I mean, now you're right. On the on the West Coast, you know, we'll be on 6A to 9A. Right. So they are we are morning drive for them. In every time zone except the East Coast, we will be on before lunchtime. And... I, we kind of end before lunchtime. Yeah. Would you consider lunch noon? Yeah, I guess lunch is... I mean, I can eat lunch at 11, but in theory, lunch starts for everybody in America at noon. Mm-hmm. So I still think we are a breakfast show. Yeah. I still think we're classified under the breakfast zone. I just think that when you extend until noon, it's hard to call it a breakfast show. I think... Because that means our... Well, but we're off the air by a, still a.m. local. Yeah. 11.55 a.m. Yeah, I just still feel like it's brunch, because I would never eat breakfast at 11.55. Okay, but brunch classifies as lunch and dinner. Are you eating a turkey club at 9.30 in the morning? What do you mean it classifies as lunch and dinner? I mean, it just uh, means breakfast and lunch. Yeah, it just means the meal in between breakfast and lunch. No, no, no. I think brunch well, means you could have lunch food for breakfast, breakfast food for lunch, because it's right in between. I don't think you're having a hamburger at 9.30 in the morning. But you can have eggs at 11.30. I still think it's breakfast. No, but nobody has hamburgers for brunch. Sure you can. You ever go there. to a diner? That's not brunch at a diner. That's a 24-7 diner. No, no, no. But brunch technically is like 11 a.m. to 1.30. I know. But have you ever gone out for a brunch? They have all eggs and breakfasts and light foods. But and again, this brings you back to going. And screwdrivers. And but you're not going based on bar, bar brunches. It's just that's an excuse to get people to drink with eggs. Well, who has burgers for brunch? You can, absolutely. Who has That's ever... the idea. You know what? I want pancakes? Okay, I'm going to have a burger. It's brunch. You can have either one. You can just go for lunch. What? <laughs> because you might go with somebody who wants to go for breakfast. You're going at that in-between time like you're targeting. So you're saying that your brunch is when one person wants to eat lunch and one person wants to eat breakfast and you have a combination of the two menus? Yeah, and you and you go at a time where it's acceptable to get both. The only reason it's changed now is because bars have found a way to make money on freaking champagne and orange juice drinks and get people to eat egg omelets at 2 in the afternoon. But everybody that does that does not serve burgers. The point is I'm an old school brunch guy, not this brunch that's blown up in the last two, three years. Mm. And we should be old school too. You love the old school uniforms? We should target old school brunch. I know, but I think that my brunch has always just meant... That I can eat a later breakfast around lunchtime. So there's no such thing as an early lunch around breakfast time? (laughs) That's just lunch. All right. All right. Whatever. I I give up. That's the lunch. I give up. I hope our listeners have some input on this. Okay. So uh, give us the feedback that we look for, uh, that that we need, uh, your uh, moral compass for the show. And uh, coming up April the 17th is when we switch time slots. Uh, and everything else will stay the same. How you get the show, podcast the show, stream the show, um, all of that, Facebook, Twitter, all that's going to stay the same. So you're going to talk to James Ward here on the side B? James Jimmy Ward. About? I don't know. You know why? Because oh. we haven't taped it yet. Oh, okay. So that's a tease. Can't be as good as last week. No, it can't. It can't. There's going to be a natural letdown. But uh, we haven't really gotten to hear James's point of view. James will not, oh, yeah. will not be moving with us to middays. Yeah. So I don't know if we're going to get an angry James or a James wishing us well, but we got to get James's point of view here. Okay. All right. This is good. James Ward now.
Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right, welcome to Side B of the Permission Granted Podcast. This is Mraz, host of Side B of the PGP and the executive producer of the DA Show, joined live and in living color, not on the phone, for what I think will be the last time doing the PGP in the evening time slot for him, but we'll have more on that in a little bit. James Ward. James, what's going on? What's going on, Shawnee boy? Well, <laughs> let's, get <laughs> <Shunny> boy. This, <laughs> let's get this over with um, right now, because I think while we hammer out the details of the new time slot and the new time... I think it should be formally announced. You were every bit a part of the DA show for the last two plus, almost three years. You, unfortunately, will not be joining us in the new time slot. Is that safe to say now? That's safe to say. uh, The way things work around here at CBS Sports Radio, the board op in in the new time slot has been there since the beginning, Pete Bellotti, and he's run the board for the morning and the midday show, the 9 to noon Eastern show. Since the network launched. So Pete's not going anywhere. Pete will be in that position. And I will continue my role in the evening, which is, I this will, uh, right than show, you. right? Yeah, third show. I started with Chris Moore and Brian Jones, the DA show for the last two and a half years. And then Bill Ryder hosting Writer Than You. I will be working on that show Wednesdays and Thursdays every week. Okay, so we have a lot to get into here in Side B, but I actually didn't think we were going to go off this, you know, when I walked in the room. Real quickly, it almost feels like that time slot now is basically your time slot, right? Right. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like, like, or do you view Bill Ryder, Adam Klug, and uh, whoever else ha- comes into that time slot as entering your time slot? It's funny that you put it that way because I've had some conversations with Adam Klug, who will be producing the show, and he's asking me advice over you know what what works in this time slot what okay. you know, what kind of builds up interest do you talk a lot about the games things that i have opinions on because i've been in the time slot for almost almost 5 years now so it is kind of my time slot that's right i should make sure they all know they're coming into my time slot. James Ward throwing down the gauntlet. Okay. I'm now, putting a flag down on 6 to 10 Eastern, Monday as, through Friday. As far as the permission granted podcast goes, I have some ideas, and I know DA has some ideas. Obviously, this is going to continue. I think we have a good behind-the-scenes banter and all of this stuff going on. Now, what eventually evolved at the beginning, if you've been listening to the PGP since its inception when the DA show was on overnights, it was myself and Kenny Brock doing Side B. And we would have some fun with a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. In the evening, we kind of had a rotating cast of characters, whether it be you, Joe D, even Steve Moralia at the beginning. Uh, Jay Morale. Ber- Jay That's, Berman. Oh. Uh, obviously, last week we heard Jay Berman really get riveting and uh, emotional with us. So it was kind of like a rotating who was going to join me on side B. What's inevitably, I think, should happen or, or will happen or could happen, I guess, in side B in the new time slot is our new assistant producer and board operator is Pete Bellotti, who is part of the Geo and Jones show and still with Tiki and Tierney. He has done uh, some podcasting with the Geo and Jones after party. I think he's done some wrestling podcasts, which, I mean, me and him are going to butt heads on. Last last episode of the Geo and Jones after party was actually this week. So, so they're closing up shop on closing that podcast. Up shop. So Pete's going to be looking for a new Pete home. Pete will be looking for a new podcast home. Pete will join me rather often, obviously, because he's going to have a lot of behind-the-scenes tidbits. However, due to his schedule, which is going to be very busy because he's working two shows, ours and Geo and Jones, while I am just doing the DA show. James, we have the benefit of your shift on Fridays essentially being where you take care of weekend stuff 
in studio on Fridays, and you will be rather available to me on a Friday to step in and still continue to do some PGP stuff. Is that right? Yes, I will be available. I, in fact, I think I might actually get some more burn on the PGP than I currently get. So, so yeah, exactly. So basically, knowing that Pete will be on this very often, but I cannot, uh, I would say, rely on him every week due to schedules. James Ward is a familiar voice to DA Show listeners. Dame, James Ward, I presume, will continue to produce Sunday morning football for DA on Sundays, although I haven't even talked to DA about that. I just I just assume that was still going on. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Okay. With, the, with if, this if change. the bosses will have us, I think we'll still be doing the show. So you're still going to have DA ties. I mean, we're going to have to have you still be writing Ward's winners, I think, on the website Gotta as have well. It. I mean, over 500, two years in a row, what's not to love? And and Pete will find his own niche on the show as well, but Pete is not a college football guy from what I gather. No. He might be able to write a WrestleMania blog, maybe give me some baseball points. I don't think he's he's following the Georgia Bulldogs close enough. No, definitely does not have so, a take on AAC football. And we'll get to know Pete Bilotti, I, I guess, in two weeks in the PGP. So next week I'm working on a surprise for Side B, the PGP, that I don't want to reveal yet, but I think our night listeners will enjoy. So for now, James, that's where James Ward is left off in the DA show Pantheon. Not coming to the time slot, but the plan is to still have him in the mix on a rotating basis on the PGP. I will still be in the mix, not disappearing, but will not be regularly involved with the show. Okay, I think that sounds like a plan. Now, James, last week, myself and DA, DA and myself, take off for Phoenix. And the bosses really did you no favors for our Thursday night show, our first show from, from the Final Four. Usually back at the shop, if you will, back at the studio would be yourself and me when DA's in the studio. Or if the show's on the road and I am with DA, then... It's it's yourself with somebody else. It's always a two-man team because that creates the best operation. They decided to go with a one-man team for Thursday, and it didn't go necessarily well or easy for you, which led me to place a call to bosses to get us a two-man team in there on Friday. Your thoughts on handling the show by yourself with us two in Phoenix at, at the Final Four? Well, my favorite part, first off, of all of it is how you will find something to complain about no matter what. <laughs> So when you start to complain about how difficult it is and how things aren't going your way, I just need to remind you that when you were on a remote, I am doing your job and my job. Yeah, you did a good job. You were in list. Phoenix hanging out by the pool. I am in studio doing your job and my job. So it didn't it went well. Well, well, well. I handled the guests. I'm handled. Yes, you were there. You walked them up to the set, but you didn't really do anything. I mean, fair enough. I still... I, I podcasted all the interviews. Uh, I sent out the topic sheet. I did your sports minutes. You know, okay. I want to say this. You, what What would you say your five daily tasks are for the show? First of all, pre-going out there, I handled all the reads, and I got all the read packets together. You did that. I, okay. I was very surprised you did that. I okay, thought you so were going to leave that on my docket no, as so well. No, you didn't have to email that. So I took care of that. That was fair, yes. Guess, a, producer, a big part of the producer's job is to make sure guests are in line. Now... Did I have a lot of guests kind of handed to me through Westwood One? Is that part of the deal? Sure. I still handled them, though. Okay? I still had to coordinate the times and everything. I took care of that. Do so, you want to do an interview with DA? Yes. Okay. Guess. Here's DA. Go talk to him. So guests and reads were taken care of. You had to send a topic list, and you had to do sound check, and you had to do all the podcasting, uh, whatever part of the podcasting I usually do. So, yeah, that was a little rough, but... I mean, do you think you just freaked out a little bit because you didn't have your you know time to go out there and eat your three pork chop meals? Well, that's the other thing. I eat. For listeners to peel back the curtain and really give you a behind-the-scenes look. Yes. I am essentially eating the entire show. I have probably two meals during the show and snacks and coffee and filling up my water bottle. So when I'm in there by myself, all of that is limited. 
I, I had to plan. I ate a meal at eight thir- at five thirty Eastern before the show, and I ate a meal at ten o five after the show. So I was in studio for four hours, almost nonstop. No bathroom breaks, no food, and I had to make sure I had to podcast all the interviews. And again, we had a bunch of different guests that we yes. wanted to get out there and get articles written on the website. So I had to take care of that all myself. It was a lot. It we was- got it done, but it was a lot. So how much did you end up eating? Did you eat it all? No, I did not eat during the show. So that probably it. Let's if we. Cut, I got a little hangry. Let's let's just say I was a little say, hangry while we, it was all going on. If we on. cut away everything here, peel back what, the onion. That's what that boils down to. If you could sit there and stuff your face for four hours, you would have been just fine sitting there by yourself. Right. If there was a microwave, I didn't have to leave to heat my food up. Right. Or if there was a water cooler and a coffee maker inside the studio, and I didn't have to leave to do all of that, I probably would have been fine. Where does that stem from? I'm just I'm very high maintenance when it comes to food. Now I'm assuming you hate you probably hated me in this trip because you're sitting back you're starving, and I know this because I talked to Tom DeCelestino, the associate producer of the Doug Gottlieb show, who made this known to me. the The beauty of doing a show on a remote is that when all of this uh, is going on and we go to break, right, and you're in your local affiliate, and you're hearing commercials being played and and all of this stuff. The mics that myself, DA, or guests have are all um, still live, if right. you will. So right. we have something called a queue where you could hear us talk to you during commercials, kind of set everything up. And from what I gathered, there was a time, I would guess, early in, uh, was it the Thursday show, where Buzz Williams kind of had walked up on set. Right. And Buzz Williams- <laughs> A lot of communication issues. <laughs> there was communication issues. Essentially, I'm standing off of the set, and we're, it's DA and Steve Lapis on at the time, and, and each guest we have about 10 minutes. And Buzz Williams was told the guys at Western One he would do one show and one show only. And they were fortunate to, to give him to the national show. So I was talking to the guy at Westwood One, talking to Buzz. Okay, I'll do it. Uh, okay, why don't we do it next segment? Because they didn't want to lose Lapis either. So I'm telling DA, I, I, I believe I wrote on a paper, Buzz Williams next. And I took that to mean that he would know it meant next segment. Obviously, DA seemed a little confused because he saw Buzz Williams standing there, whether we we're going to you know, run Buzz Williams upset. He's flailing his arms at me. He's, you know, doing whatever. Finally, he breaks. He gets the point. In the uh, in the talk back, he he gives me a little bit of a lip, you know, kind of like, you got to make that more clear, you know. You know if we right, to to I can't up- read your mind. I- you got to tell do you want me to go to the update? Do you want me to go to Buzz? Do you want to push back the update 10 minutes? You really, he left him hanging there is what he uh, felt. He felt, I didn't think I did, but that was probably the most stressful five minutes of the entire trip. It felt like to me like you left him hanging. Now, here's... I'm glad it felt like that to you. The problem with this is it wasn't just a me and DA moment. Like a normal moment like that could happen just between me and DA, but you buffoons back in the control room could hear every word of it. Now I'm getting text messages from you guys. Oh boy, you really peed on the carpet. Well, and the best part was after we come back after the update and the five minute break, DA asks Buzz Williams the first question and the mic is it on. Oh, yes. That was so the then DA problem. goes, okay, guys, we got to make sure the mic's on so people <laughs> on the radio can hear. And I could, t- it was just like, it was, it was like you, you took one step off the stairs and went down like four and you really didn't realize what was actually happening. Um, and by the way, during this break, I'm following Buzz Williams around this convention center, making sure he doesn't go too far. Basically, I was like his personal handler for those moments, but you're right. Okay, Buzz, come we, here. We're ready for you. We had engineers who were doing a great job, by the way, the whole time. And I had just gone over with them because we had just started the first show from Radio Row. And I just discussed with them, hey, when we have guests on, are you guys going to know this, like to turn the mics on? They're like, 
we have an eye on it the entire time. Don't worry about us. We'll handle it. And of course, right out the shoot, there's Buzz Williams. Right. Like, not okay, on. guys. So we got to turn the mic on so the right. listeners can hear Buzz. Uh, so the that, microphone, unfortunately, has to be on for the listeners to be able to hear what Buzz is saying. Oh, man. So that reflected poorly upon me. So you guys got to hear that, or you and, and Tom DeCelestino did. Now, the, afterwards, you end up doing a good job. Friday's show goes off without a hitch. And I thought we did really two awesome shows from Radio Row. Friday night, as has been documented on the DA show all week since it happened, I got basically the stiff arm from Aaron Rodgers as he said, get away from me, buddy. Now, James, we haven't gotten your opinion on this and this scenario, and I want every nook and cranny of your thought, A, where I was either right or wrong, B, where Rodgers was right or wrong, and how you would have handled it from my point of view or his point of view. Number one. I'm not dying to see pictures of you in a pink Speedo, so I know Aaron Rodgers does not care at all about looking at pictures of you in a pink Speedo. Yeah, but see, it's very, now, that, that's putting it very blandly, James. The reason I'm in the pink Speedo is because he beat the Giants. Like, right. He ties into the pink Speedo. But that's kind of like when you see your favorite actor and you quote a line from one of their movies. Like, they, they, re- they really don't care. Okay. What, now, right. maybe Eli Manning would have laughed it off and it would have been fine. Maybe right. that tells you a little bit about Aaron Rodgers. But I think Aaron Rodgers really had no – he didn't want to see you there in person to, to begin with, much less you in a pink Speedo. Okay. Although it was a funny moment, it was not a moment that he was necessarily a part of. Gotcha. So while his getaway for me, buddy, makes him seem like a total jerk, Right. I understand where, where, where he's coming from. So do you think, though, that he it, he had every right to tell me to get away from him, but he should have changed his tune in which he told me to get away from yeah, him? Yeah, maybe like a little chuckle. Oh, that's nice. Okay, that's, see that's you later, pal. That's what I was pal. looking for. Right. I think Eli Manning would have given you a chuckle. I think he would have, too. Now, would you have even gone up to him, period? Probably not. Okay. So I at least get credit for going up to him, yeah, right? Yeah, I don't like like going up to you know, famous athletes and people. Like, I, I feel like I'm bothering them every time I do it. See, but I made that a point to tell him I wasn't here for the picture of the autograph because I bet she gets that all the time. Right. I could have, you know, I could have just jumped in there, took a selfie, and been done with it. I thought I was doing the right thing by not doing that. Now, you say that Aaron Rodgers was there almost the entire night, a bar, not a lot of people around. Did other people go up to him? You know, see, that's the thing. I don't know who Aaron Rodgers knew and didn't know there, but it definitely felt as if he was a mingler. Like, that's the only reason I got a feel for it, because, A, I had a couple of beverages. He was clearly having a few beverages, which loosens up the mood to begin with. But it felt as if he showed up kind of by himself, but he knew it seemed to either know several people or seemed to be very friendly enough with several people. And, and by several, I don't mean one person. Like, he had one friend with him when I was sitting next to him. I mean, he talked to, I would say, at least 12 different people throughout the night that didn't seem like... Uh, jock sniffers, you know right. what I mean? Like, it didn't seem like guys like just going up to Aaron Rodgers and he was brushing them off. Like, it seemed like he was having full blown conversations with multiple people. So, you your vibe in the situation was that he was being personal, personable enough with a lot of people. Yes, that it would be fine. Right now, looking back in hindsight, maybe he totally just, misread the situation. Maybe he's just a frequenter of Scottsdale. And and by the way, this wasn't as we've said some kind of big glitzy bar or club. This was kind of hole in the wall. So. Maybe it's a place he feels comfortable in. He kind of knows some locals, that kind of deal. And I just, I wasn't in that group, if you will. Um, yeah, I guess I just, I misread. But, I mean, the hex is on, James. They're not winning another playoff game until I get an apology. And I don't see myself getting an apology. Yeah, it's great. I'm glad that that Aaron Rodgers jinxed the Packers. Yeah, he, he, good, good. Now, the other thing I wanted to bring up. Get before, away from me, buddy. Before I let you go, 
Uh, there was also a very, a very overshadowed by the Aaron Rodgers situation in the same night was an interesting back and forth between D.A. and Chip Kelly. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't even know that this happened, yes. so you're breaking news to me. Okay, so, I mean, there are just... But it's almost like the beginning of, like, a terrible bar joke. Like, how many guys walk into a bar? So Chip Kelly's also at this freaking bar. And by the end of the night, Chip knows a guy who D.A. knows... And they introduce each other. And Chip actually was, I felt, a lot friendlier than Aaron Rodgers. He really was. Chip, by the way, big <laughs> well, He didn't tell D.A. to get away. No, right? no, no. No, no, no. The opposite. Big Corona guy, by the way, Chip Kelly. Wow. You wouldn't strike him as a Corona guy. So Chip's having... He only liked smoothies. No, no, no. He's drinking Coronas. Mm. He was having a good time, and he seemed he actually seemed very friendly, which shocked me because I kind of would have thought the roles reversed. Maybe Chip Kelly's more standoffish, and Aaron Rodgers gives you the laugh. Right. You might not actually say anything to Chip Kelly because you'd assume he'd just not be friendly. But it was pretty friendly. So him and D.A. shake hands. Uh, D.A.'s never met Chip Kelly before because if you met Chip Kelly, you would remember you've met Chip Kelly. Right. So D.A. introduces himself. You know, he's from CBS Sports Radio. Chip Kelly goes, yeah, I know who you are. We've met. D.A. looks at him goes. No, I don't. I don't think we have met. Chip goes, no, yeah, we've met. So now this is like a volley back and forth. Right, you know what right, I mean? Right. So DA looks at him, and goes, no, nope, uh, you know, definitely to me. You know, DA's trying to say everything, but hey, I would know if I met yeah. Chip Kelly. Listen, you, I, I know Chip Kelly. I ripped him almost every day on my radio show when he was coaching the Eagles. So basically, it's like a tennis match. You know, back right. and forth, back and forth. So Chip Kelly now has the floor again to go. Okay, maybe you're right. He then returns another. Oh, I'm telling you, we've met. So now D.A. on the third counter serve has to go and come up with something out of his pocket. And I thought a good line and a good play by D.A. D.A. tells him, you know what, you're right. We probably met at a Super Bowl, you know, with Radio Row or whatnot. Chip Kelly's response, stone-faced at D.A., I've never been to a Super Bowl. <laughs> Creating just an awkwardness of all of us looking at each other. We were like basically around a table, standing around a table. And that's kind of where the D.A. Chip Kelly conversation ended. Um, I think they had a mutual understanding that or misunderstanding that. Chip definitely went to bed that night believing he had just met D.A. for the second time, and D.A. went to bed that night confused. Now, did Chip Kelly think D.A. was a member of the Patriots, Danny Amendola? See, that's a good angle. Maybe I, that's a good— Maybe that's You know, it. we met. I, I've watched you play a few times. Maybe that's it. We took the approach that D.A. in all these top 10 shows in the NFL Network that Chip Kelly— you know, sitting at home watching these top 10 shows, has just seen D.A.'s face so many times that he believes now that he has met him. Does Chip Kelly strike you as someone that watches those NFL yeah. Top 10 shows? Yeah, I bet you. I bet you he's sitting around. All right. I could see that. So, I mean, that, that was, I think that kind of got buried with the Aaron Rodgers now, but I thought you would get a kick out of it. We've met. No, we haven't. That back No, and I forth, know we've met. Oh, it, uh, I'm not sure. It just went on and on and on. So, it was definitely a bizarre night, but I'm glad we survived. Um, and this is it, man. So, two more weeks on the nights working with you. Are you going to miss me? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to miss you guys. Uh, how about that? We get a little sensitive, James little, little. I'm not going to go, you know... Full nuclear like Jay Berman, but I'll say I will miss you guys. All right, so I think the side B PGP, the way this is going to work, at least in the upcoming schedule, if we're going to look at the HBO premiere schedule, <laughs> next week my goal is to have a surprise guest on side B. If, it is a good surprise guest. It is, I've told you this. So I'm hoping this works out, and if it does, I think we are in for a treat on side B. If it doesn't, then insert James Ward here back again. If not, uh, the first week of the weekday, midday brunch with DA show, I plan to have Pete Pilati in for a little introductory. And probably around week two of the middays or mornings, or maybe week three, if we got to go to Bilotti right away again, we'll bring James back in and check in on how we are have left the time slot. All right. How about that? that? Sounds like a good plan. All right. That's it for the PGP this week. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry, James.
Twitter plug? I'll give you one last Twitter plug. Twitter plug. <laughs> I knew where you were going. I got to get those followers up while st- people still mention my Twitter handle. All right, what do you got? At James Ward CBS. Okay, and you can follow me at Mraz CBS. Take care, everyone. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.